how did that tumor shrink? My diet. The first four months were the toughest because I couldn't talk, I couldn't chew, I couldn't have bowel movements, I couldn't have any bodily function, I couldn't walk. At no point in time did you say, fuck it, I can't deal with this pain, I'd just rather go have surgery instead? It never came to my spirit. In My Head with Jay Blessed is a transparent look into the life and mind of a Caribbean woman having human experiences. Get into my mind as I share my most vulnerable thoughts and honest experiences. I'll take you on a roller coaster of emotions as you get to know someone who might share similar experiences with you. Some might make you speechless, you'll definitely laugh. Others might make you angry and some might even make you cry. But my very real, very raw, very relatable weekly podcast will always keep you coming back for more. Join me as I talk to myself, talk to you, and even talk to some special friends in my head. (laughs) In my head is an introspective look from a voyeuristic point of view. For a list of all my social channels and how you can connect with me, please view this episode's summary. To join in on the conversation, use the hashtag headwithjb. That's H-E-A-D. W-I-T-H-J-B. And follow me on Instagram at RealJBlessed and Twitter at JBlessed. Let's get in on the conversation together. Don't forget to log on to my official website, JBlessed.com. A human experience from a Caribbean perspective. Episode 23, Fighting Pancreatic Cancer Holistically. Hey fam, how you feeling? How you really feeling? What you doing? What you eat this morning? What you had last night for dinner? How are you feeling? How you really feeling? I always want to know how you're really feeling and don't tell me you're fine. Tell me the truth. You know how I believe in living and owning and speaking your truth, so... Are you doing okay? And if you're not, hit me up. Let me know. I want to be there for you just as much as you guys are always here for me. And I appreciate you so, so very much. Remember, I am the livest shit on Instagram. (laughs) So make sure you're following me at R-E-A-L-J-A-Y-B-L-E-S-S-E-D, Real J Bless on Insta. Don't forget, log on to my official website, jbless.com, the home of a human experience from a Caribbean perspective. We're doing amazing things we're getting ready for a bunch of different in my head uh events coming up soon so stay posted stay tuned and if you are not part of my email list i encourage you right now to join on you can go on jbloods.com on the bottom left you'll see a sign up or you can visit uh my link tree link that's in my instagram bio so click on it join subscribe My subscription list gets some really, really juicy behind-the-scenes exclusive type of information, so you would want to join the list. All right, Jaybird, so before I get into this week's episode, I just want to forewarn you. It's a bit heavy. It's a bit emotional. Uh, 
it's a tough one. And in studio, I have a very dear friend of mine, and she is here to share her experience and her story. And I want you to be open-minded. I want you to share this episode with a friend, a family member, share it on your social media accounts, email it, tweet it, WhatsApp it. I don't care. This is something that we really, really need to pay attention to. And I want you to have an open mind and open heart as I introduce my next guest. In my head. Entrepreneur, social activist, member of the Black Eagle Clan, and Caribbean woman 100%. Y'all, I want you to make some noise for my girlfriend. Put your hands together for Greer Bowen Wright. Hello, my love. Hello. <laughs> Hi to everyone. You look around nice in your green, though. Thank you, my darling. You know, I have to represent. I like it. I like it. <laughs> How are you feeling today, Greer? I am standing strong. I There's believe no other it. way. I believe it. Yeah. And you have this very radiant smile. And yeah. that in itself is just giving me strength. It's giving me strength. And you're, I mean, like, I feel like you're holding me up right now because I'm not sure how this interview is going to go. You and I both, because I know, <laughs> I, don't make me cry today, okay? Promise? I know I can't. Okay. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I am the West Sydney and Oprah. People come on the show and they start crying. <laughs> and then I start crying. <laughs> oh, Greer, you have a story to tell, and I'm so honored that you've decided to share it with my audience here on In My Head. Um, cancer. Cancer is a really, really, really... Um, crazy epidemic that's affecting the African-American, Caribbean-American, people of color community at very alarming rates. It absolutely is. So let's talk about Greer for a moment. Greer, you are originally from... Trinidad and Tobago. We're from your big you know, Princess Island. You know, shout out to Princess Island. Yeah. New Grand. Yeah. Tableland Massive. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. So wait now, that I hear people say that salt had the best doubles. Is that true? Salt had the best everything. Shots fired. <laughs> you know what? I'm going to let you have that today. I'm not going to pull out my sour receipts. So I'm going to let you have that, okay? Um, so you've been here in the U.S. for how long now? I've been here since I was 10 years old. So wow. I am pretty much um, one of those things where people say that you belong a Nowarian. You know, they don't accept you in Trinidad as a Trinidadian. I didn't accept you here as an American totally. Um, because you are somewhere in between. But I grew up here, but I am Caribbean 110% all day, every day. Um, I think it's important for us to stay connected and true is to, to self and where we actually come from. So I'm so proud that you wave your Caribbean and Trinidad heritage very proudly. And you are not a Nowarian, okay? <laughs> well, I know this. <laughs> <laughs> um, you have been battling with pancreatic cancer. Yes. Um, I define cancer, all diseases, as a matter of fact, as just a dis-ease of the body and right. not a disease. Right. Um, so while, for the most part, according to Western medicine, 
um, most people walk away feeling as though they've been given a death sentence. And uh, for me, I had to shift things in my head and be able to recognize that it's an alarm that was sounded because something is wrong in my body. How do I deal with that? Um, and that took me to a whole new place. Initially, the fear of what cancer represented uh, based on what we know scared the bejesus out of me. I literally, and all fear is, as we know, is fear is false evidence appearing, appearing real. real. Mm -hmm. So from that perspective, um, you know, I had to deal with it. So before you continue, how long have you been living with this diagnosis? I like, the, I like your words. Thank you. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, the diagnosis of cancer came in June of 2017. Uh, I initially felt some discomfort in my body on March, in March 9th of 2017. And, you know, my body just felt really out of whack. Describe that for me. Um, you know when you overeat for Thanksgiving and your body feels stuffed? Right. Yeah. So I felt that air of stuffiness in my body, in my back. I felt as though I needed to shift around because I'd just eaten. And I felt like if it is that, okay. Maybe it's gas. Please. Maybe it's gas. Right. Maybe I need to basically let the food digest a right. little bit. Maybe, you know. So I'm sitting there and I'm waiting for the pain to go away. And it wasn't diminishing. So it wasn't just in my abdominal area. I was feeling it in my back. And this uh, is over a prolonged period of days? Um, just for that particular day. But I had been feeling pain in my back otherwise that... I ordinarily, on a daily basis, for an extended period of time, in retrospect, I had people rubbing my back, and I'm thinking, okay, I just have back pain because I'm always lifting, you know me. I'm always busy into something, lifting and carrying stuff. So I just thought it was back pain. And, um, you know, I said, you know what, let me not take this for granted because a friend of mine had passed away from pneumonia, of all things. I said, let me not take what I'm feeling for granted. Went to the ER, and, uh, yeah, they found... What they said, well, it looks like you have a mass. We can't tell if it's your pancreas, your spleen, or your abdominal area. Okay. And, um, you know, fast forwarding past that, they, of course, weren't able to take care of me further because they hadn't issued my insurance mm -hmm. at the time. So I had to wait from March 9th until April 1st to be able to go back to the doctor. <laughs> Let's pause for a minute there because you're highlighting in a lot of different things all at once, yes. especially when it comes to African-Americans uh, and health and racial disparities and the cost of health care and the fact that we as black people often get the worst kind of treatment ever. Absolutely. Um, wow. So... They told you that we found a mass yes. in your abdominal area. Yes. And we need to run some more tests, correct? Yes. Mm hmm Okay. Walk me through that. Blood work, like um, MRI, like I did what? a CT scan. Mm -hmm. I did um, blood work, definitely. Um, and they paused because the insurance did not go through. So unless we get more money, um, we really don't care if this thing could cause you to die Pretty while much. we wait till the insurance comes, but we're just going to have to stop until we can get paid. Absolutely. So from March 9th 
until my insurance information kicked in. Because, you know, they don't, even if it kicked in in March, they're not going to acknowledge you until the following billing cycle, which will be the new cycle, you know, April. So I had to wait all that time to figure out what was going on. How were you mentally during that waiting process? I wasn't as panicked because I'm thinking, okay, it's a mass, okay? I didn't think cancer by no means. Um, I pretty much just continued to do what my dailies were, which was pretty much meditating, yoga, and just kind of, you know, going through my daily routine. I really wasn't in the panic state at that point. Wow. Um, what stage of cancer? I actually did not allow them to do a biopsy on me here. So I don't have a stage. Um, and the reason for that is, um, for me, doing a biopsy meant that they needed a sample, whether it be that they were just injecting, as they stated, a small needle into the tumor or taking a piece of that, whatever the case is, I felt that puncturing the tumor meant that whatever it is that the tumor was protecting the rest of my body from allowed some of that to flow into the rest of my body. So even if, in fact, they went ahead and they took out the tumor and they addressed what my immediate problem was, then I have the issue of whatever else, whatever remnants was left in my body otherwise. Um, so when they did actually go ahead and uh, authorize my insurance, and uh, they had me set up for an endoscopy and a colonoscopy. I did both. Um, unfortunately for me, with the colonoscopy, they tore me on the way out. Whoa. So that creates additional issues. Um, however, they didn't, I felt the discomfort. So when I made the appointment for both those tests, I also um, made another appointment with my naturopathic doctor in Trinidad. So that test happened on a Monday. I was in Trinidad by that Friday. I was taking tests there because he also does blood work and his blood work goes all the way to London, come back, and I was able to get my diagnosis that way. So this was your second opinion? This was my second opinion. And based on what your Trinidadian doctor was saying, mm -hmm. what were the similarities or differences? But here, they still were clueless, even after doing the endoscopy as to exactly where the... Because they wanted to do a biopsy. They wanted to do a biopsy. They said, well, we can't really determine if, in fact, this is benign. Do you believe that to be true, that they could definitely have found out without doing a biopsy? But I believe that they believe it's true. I'll say that. They believe it's true. For me, I felt that I needed to be my own best advocate. And I love that you said that. Having come from a holistic background, um, I'll just say this. Growing up, I've always wanted to be a doctor. I volunteered in the hospitals. I volunteered in HIV um, AIDS units. And I felt a disconnect as far as how we treat people in terms of Western medicine. Um, I feel that they pacify illnesses. They put Band-Aids on stuff as opposed to basically rolling things back. So I wanted to be able to catch 
what that meant beforehand. So I went into the approach of just dealing with holistic medicine at that point. So based on your natheopathic yes. doctor in Trinidad, um, what were the results that uh, he shared with you? Pancreatic cancer. In my head. I know you don't like stats, but I got some stats to read. Definitely. <laughs> African-Americans are at an increased risk for pancreatic cancer. Black Americans have the highest incident rate of pancreatic cancer of all ethnic and racial groups in the United States, up to 67% higher than any other group, according to the National Cancer Institute SEER data. What do you think attributed to you developing a tumor? Um, it's quite an array of things, actually. Um, definitely a Caribbean diet is rich in all the wrong areas um, because it's important to have more vegetables and fruits in your diet. Um, unfortunately, in our community, we have a lot more um, starches, a lot more carbs, uh, you know, red meats, you know. So those are definitely contributing factors. On a Sunday, you know, you want to have your macaroni pie, you have rice and peas, you have you know, all the different things. You have your meat, you have so many things, and there's a little, maybe a little salad. You may have cucumbers. There's a little bit of watercress. Yeah, there's a little bit of watercress. <laughs> so we we really don't have proportioned meals, um, and that definitely is important. Poor diet is, is definitely um, a factor. What about your family medical history? Interestingly, um, no one on my mom's mom's side, my maternal mom's side. But my grandfather, her, her father, there definitely was, you know, um, cancer. Um, but again, it, it starts with diets. But not just cancer. Is there a history of diabetes in your family, high blood pressure in your family, any kind of mental illness, any kind of physical, medical problems, issues, um, anything? Definitely um, my grandmother, Alzheimer's. Okay. Um, cancer definitely came about to some extent, but that, again, is based on our diet. It's not based on necessarily genes at all times. It's definitely based on we all, we teach each other to eat the same way. Um, according to the Sol Goodman Pancreatic Cancer Research Center at John Hopkins, Pancreatic cancer is the fourth leading cause of cancer death in the United States and the fifth leading cause of cancer death worldwide. Mm -hmm. Cancer of the pancreas accounts for only about 2% of the cancers diagnosed each year. However, the five-year survival rate is less than 5%, making pancreatic cancer a leading cause of cancer death. The incidence of pancreatic cancer is 50 to 90 percent higher in African Americans mm. and Caribbean Americans than in any other racial group in the United States. Not only is pancreatic cancer more common among African Americans, but African Americans also have the poorest prognosis of any racial group because they often are diagnosed with advanced and therefore inoperable cancer. African-Americans also are less likely to receive surgery than any other racial group in the United States. Many studies have been conducted to determine why there's an increased risk of pancreatic cancer among African-Americans. These studies suggest that environmental and socioeconomic factors may be important. Cigarette smoking, which causes about 25% of pancreatic cancer, is more common among 
African Americans and therefore may partially explain why pancreatic cancer is more common. Other risk factors for pancreatic cancer that are more common in African Americans include diabetes mellitus, pancreatitis, and being overweight. In my head. Have you ever smoked? Do you smoke cigarettes? Don't smoke. So you're not a smoker. Not a so smoker. Let's, let's take not a that drinker. Out. Drinking also is a indicator um, of pancreatic um, pancreatic cancer and pancreatitis. So you've been living this for for the most part, like you know, a healthy lifestyle. You know, you might indulge in a little Western Indian food, but you're not drinking. You're not smoking. You're not even partying, so you can't even say you understand. <laughs> you can't even say like you're you're you on the street <laughs> and you you're picking up you picking up secondhand smoke around all the time because based on the people you hang with, that's not even your lifestyle. Would you say that obesity had a part in this? Like, do you think it had anything to do with your weight? Well, I'm just curious. Well, you know, I'm a thick chick. I was a lot thicker. Um, definitely. Having too much of that thickness, as we would say in the Caribbean, or, you know, while we may not think that we're overweight because, you know, you're, you're looking good in your clothes, you know, um, it definitely plays a role because there needs to be more physical activity, there needs to be more exercise. Um, in addition to that, I will say this, what was also a big indicator for me that something was wrong, while I don't drink, I had a pina colada of all things and started feeling nauseated right after it on two occasions. So in retrospect, I look looking back, I'm like, oh, the alcohol helped to highlight hmm. the fact that there was something wrong based on how I reacted because why you know I felt nauseated and in addition to being nauseated, I also felt as though I was a bit drunken. And I don't get drunk off of a pina colada. Two years ago, you got news that you have pancreatic cancer. Two years ago. Mm-hmm. That in itself is a blessing that we can be here two years later having this conversation. Because many people who are diagnosed with pancreatic cancer get about 6 to 12 months to mm-hmm. live. Absolutely. And, you know, the title of this week's episode is Fighting Pancreatic Cancer Holistically, and you've been doing that. Listen, I'm no doctor. I'm not giving anyone medical advice. We're just here sharing Greer's story and her path mm-hmm. to healing. Um, you may definitely opt to choose a different path, but we're sharing one woman's journey while having pancreatic cancer and two years later you're still here and you look amazing thank you love but this is all outwardly Outwardly. right how large did your tumor grow to be uh to give a visual i would say it was the size of a volleyball a volleyball a volleyball yeah it was about 19 centimeters is what the doctor said and let me just say this when I first sat down with a doctor and I asked... Your doctor up here or your doctor Trinidad? When I sat down with a doctor at one of the most prestigious hospitals here uh-huh. to find out what my options were, he said, well, your only option is surgery. So I said, well, what's feeding it? 
He said, well, you know, you have nerves, you have veins, you have cells, you have capillaries. And I felt it was an asinine response, as though I was not educated enough to understand what the situation was. So I was immediately offended by that and opt for a second opinion. So you know what, Doc, I'm going to actually get a second opinion. So at, only at that point— I have a question. Uh-huh. What was his race? He was uh, of the Caucasian race. Okay, I just want to know. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, in that moment, I felt really insulted. Um, I didn't—when I said I wanted a second opinion, now all of a sudden you can show me on the screen, on the computer screen, what it looked like and what it can do. So now you're showing me, but you're showing it to me, and you're attempting to create fear in my mind and in my spirit. And I would say that it actually worked for a moment because when you walk into a hospital, normally you're not necessarily going to a specialist like that. You're normally going, I'm going to get a checkup, you know. For me, walking into the hospital and seeing the words oncology, that was when it hit me that something was, I'm not, this is not a normal situation here. Right. In My Head really focuses on everyday life's challenges and experiences with a mental health focus. Mm -hmm. You seeing the word oncology created uh, an effect on your psyche, in your mind, your spirit, your heart. But this doctor is now playing you for a fool because somehow he don't think you're smart enough to like ask these questions and advocate on your behalf. And then now, because you want a second opinion, he's now trying to appeal to your emotional distress to put fear that this is your only option. And you, within the strength of yourself, said, okay, thanks. I'm still going to get a second opinion. Did you ever have that surgery? I did not. Why? I felt that it went against my better judgment uh, after having had my second opinion. And knowing that the key to any dis-ease of the body was your diet, your mental stability, your faith, and your support system. Wow, Gray. Wow. This, uh, I mean, there's so many books that, that actually speak on how the mind can heal your entire body, right? Yes. And you are able to tap into the strength of your mind by telling yourself we can fight this by doing changing our diet by eating differently by feeding my spirit differently by doing holistic things instead of going under radiation chemotherapy going through surgery and this is something you opted to do how did that tumor shrink my diet So my daily consumption starts with uh, warm lemon water, oftentimes with cayenne pepper, uh, teas. My teas are moringa, soursop, guinea hen weed, neem, and olive bush. Those are the five teas that I pretty much routinely went over. Um, So I pretty much every week I changed the type of tea that I took. Do you um, believe that soursop is a, uh, is a power fruit? It's been awesome for me. It's been awesome for me. I eliminated all sugars. I eliminated dairy. No breads. No, um, the first four months were the toughest because I couldn't talk. I couldn't chew. I couldn't have bowel movements. I couldn't have any bodily function. I couldn't walk 
at any distance without stopping twice in between. At no point in time did you say, fuck it, I can't deal with this pain, I'd just rather go have surgery instead? No. It never came to my spirit. Okay. It never came into my spirit. Um, say it. So, um, in addition to, so I've never been a marijuana consumption. No, say of, it. Of, you know, but girl. It helped you with the pain? It helped manage the pain. Yes. And you own it, live it. Because it managed need to know the this. pain. I literally had to, my first, because it was my absolute first time using, you know, um, the marijuana and. It helped me manage pain. It helped me sleep because while you're in pain, you're literally hearing yourself moan in your sleep. And for the first four months, I didn't, I didn't lay down and sleep. I had to sit up to sleep. So I'm hearing myself moaning in my sleep, and there's no way that I could continue that way. So marijuana consumption was definitely a plus for me in being able to manage that pain. You know? Yeah. I appreciate you for saying that. People need to know that, like, the plant, the herb, definitely is another organic way of dealing with pain. Yeah. Um, it's not to help you with your depression. It's to help you with your goddamn pain, okay? It helps with the depression, too. I think your depression was linked to your pain. Definitely. So, so, so it, it, once your pain is alleviated, you will feel better. Absolutely. That's true. So, Absolutely. But, but people need to know. And also... Now you can get medicinal marijuana. Absolutely. So you can go to your doctor mm -hmm. and ask, tell them that you're yes. in a lot of pain. You do not want to take pharmaceuticals. Yes. Um, but you would opt for medicinal marijuana yeah, instead. Yeah, and they'll say, they'll give you a referral to a pain management doctor um, to be able to actually prescribe what's needed and so you can get their card. How's your pain right now? <laughs> I don't have that right now. Um, don't get me wrong. On the days that I'm highly stressed... You feel it? I do definitely feel the the pain. But um, on a day-to-day -day basis, I do my best to manage what that stress level looks like. In my head. So my diet has been, um, I did a lot of soups. I did a lot of broth. Not heavy soups. I did a lot of broths. So I did a lot of lentil peas broths, a lot of um, um, split peas. But be mindful that they are gassy. So you have to be mindful about what types of broth. No a lot fish of broth? I did fish broths. I definitely did that. So I didn't do anything that was heavy because my organs actually swole mm. and caused my body more pain. So I definitely kept everything very liquid, very basic, no high seasonings, you know. And also, let me just say this to the... To the um, to the Golden Ray users. You know, we love to put our Golden Ray in, Salt, in butter. And, and, you understand, in our foods. And Vetsin. Please stop. Mm -hmm. Please stop. Mm -hmm. You know, those things really do harm the body, and we don't recognize it. It clogs the arteries. It does all of those things. Um, it's best to be able to keep very organic seasonings and, you know, the green stuff. Watch your salt intake. And watch your salt intake. Yep. You know. And we love a lot of gravy. Stop stop making yes. foods with all these sets yes. of gravies. You like, will pay for it. Yes. So yes. make sure you have a healthy diet that really consists of a lot of vegetables, a, a lot, lot of fruits. fruits. Yes. Uh, and people, I tell people all the time, I'm a tea drinker, and they don't understand why it's mm -hmm. so necessary to yes. drink tea. Yes. And I don't drink tea. I'm like... You need to, to drink, drink some tea. tea. 
And I also stopped eating after 7 p.m. So I've done intermittent fasting, and that has helped me a lot in losing weight Mm -hmm. and just being a little bit more... It actually helps me with my energy, really. Mm -hmm. Um, So I'm loving these points in terms of health tips and um, food options. And people, organic and healthy food tastes great. Yeah. We oftentimes think that it's too much to afford, and we are very prideful about things that we shouldn't be. Um, I go to... Um, the markets, you know, the organic markets and stuff like that. And I, I'm very mindful about what I consume. And these markets also take wick and snap yes, and yes. certain benefits. Yes. So you can get yes, fresh absolutely. food down at Prospect Park at the market that's there every weekend or yes. even go to Union Square, wherever you may be, and use your card if you have that. There are also organic food pantries. For those who have an issue or uh, can't say I can't afford, they're organic food pantries. Definitely. Within our communities, look for them. I've stopped using, I've minimized, I can't say totally stop, but I've minimized using food in cans. I don't do any. So I buy my peas in the pack and I soak my peas. So, not cutting you. But I also, I, there's no, there are no canned goods in my, food, in my, in my household. Anything that you will find is, that's canned, it's basically for emergency purposes. Um, there are no canned foods. I don't use foil to put my foods in. I don't use deodorants that have aluminum in it. I also... Do you use a microwave? I don't use a microwave. I've, I haven't used a microwave in about five years. When I told we came on, well, I stopped. We stopped using microwaves. So we haven't had a microwave in our house in five years. I have a convection oven, but no microwave. Got it. Um, so those things are important to actually also adapt. Um, what kind of toothpaste do you use? Ah, I, a charcoal toothpaste or neem toothpaste. I use I don't use Colgate I don't know no fluoride all that stuff I don't use anything that has I walk through the grocery stores and there are no real foods there is no real foods in the grocery store so literally everything now that you say that like like we talk about I, I mentioned it before and I had this conversation with my friends Whole Foods right uh-huh. like when you go to white communities they have Whole Foods they got Trader Joe's mm-hmm. they got all that shit mm-hmm. when it comes to black communities we got mm-hmm. the liquor store the mm-hmm. Chinese store we got yeah. you know like yeah. and the groceries that they have um, full of shit yeah like much. you can't even you look at the vegetables and like what the fuck is this yeah. like. What yeah. kind of, like, trash, yeah. like, that? this is, like, the end of, uh, they, they sense us the refuse, right? right? Like, the the, 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 the end of right. all the good fruits and vegetables, and we get, like, the exactly. ends of that. And it's important to know how to determine if something is organic or not, because there are numbers, there are barcodes on the food items. Anything that's four and below, you definitely want to stay away from. Um, they're not grown in the same soil. Wow. You know? Um even in terms of what I cook my food in, I don't use regular pots. I use glass pots. Wow. I don't store my foods in uh, plastic, plastic containers. Right. I don't use plastic containers. And even in terms of being able, even in terms of the water that we drink, all of my, you know, I drink alkaline water. So my habits, my entire life and my environment, everything is just different. So shout out to Venora because Venora is probably shaking his head while he's editing this because Venora <laughs> does not use microwaves. He yes. only drinks alkaline water. Yes. And I mean, Venora's in his 30s, right? So yeah. he's like he's like on top of his shit when it comes mm-hmm. to his health. Mm-hmm. And um, I think 
this is also preventative measures for us to practice healthy habits now. Yes. Instead of waiting for something to happen and then be reactive mm-hmm. to that. Mm-hmm. So now we should be proactive based on Greer's story. I always say that, you know, a, a smart man learns from his own mistakes, but a wise man learns from the mistakes of others. So though this is not a mistake in her life, this is her experience. And we can learn from Greer's experience by, okay, these are the healthy habits she's adapted now to help counter her pancreatic cancer. Well, these are the healthy habits we could start adapting now so that we don't get pancreatic cancer or any type of cancers in our bodies or any kind of diseases in our bodies. So I love the fact that we mentioned um, prayer, meditation, yoga. Yes. I love the fact that we're talking about organic food, not using plastic, not using aluminum foil. I also, I use like a a coconut-based deodorant. I don't use regular deodorant, like uh, um, using charcoal for my Mm -hmm. teeth. Do that as well. Um, I still use fluoride. I mean, there's some things I'm weaning myself off of. Okay. uh (laughs) I swear, I'm being honest. I'm being honest. Using the Pyrex dish instead of plastic dish. It's like, I'm... You're getting there. I'm getting getting there. there. And for those who feel like you need to have dairy or whatever the case is, like, I don't do milk at all. I've never done milk. So you have coconut milk. You have hemp milk. You have oat milk. I love oat milk. So you can basically just transition. It's not. It's a matter of just changing. Instead of actually doing rice, do quinoa. Do couscous. something. Do couscous. Right. Go, you know. So you make those transitions as best as possible to accommodate. You know, a lot of what you like. And what you should start doing now is not doing it just for yourself, but encouraging your children to eat healthily like this mm-hmm. at a young age, yes. so they develop this palate for healthy organic food yes. instead of fucking chicken nuggets. <laughs> And goddamn pizza. Absolutely. Absolutely. So I'm grateful because Mimi Blair, she eat last week I make her couscous and lentil uh, peas and she like up herself and yeah. she had quinoa and she had, so she eats very well. Make up to the Kalaloo. Oh, <laughs> the Kalaloo is the Kal- Kalaloo yo, is my lifesaver. Yo, yo Kalaloo but. soup, Kalaloo. <laughs> and like, Kalaloo is amazing. Um, definitely encourage your children to have a healthy diet. Can I apologize to someone? Sure. I got to apologize to my sister. Because, yeah. you know, she... She was the one that brought my food to me when I couldn't go get it for myself. And my mom cooked all the time for me. So, um, you know, shout out to the whole family circle. Um, my sister came to me. She said, but what do you want to eat? I said, well, well, what do you have to eat? She, sa- she said, well, there's salad. And I went into a panic. I went, I literally had it. I threw a tantrum. I said, salads every day. Just salad, salad, salad. <laughs> I feel like I feel like a cow. <laughs> I feel like a cow. I was like, I'm tired of salads. And she looked at me like, well, what do we you want? That's what <laughs> <laughs> You know, so shout out to Jizz. I love you. I thank everyone for being yeah. there to support me. Love thank you, Jizz. Love you, Jizz. Shout out to Akeem. I know Akeem, he loves you yes. so very Oh, my much. God. Thank you. Infamous. I love you. Yes. To the moon and back. You know, yeah, my brother. Shout out to Mama. You know, but, and yeah. yes, everyone. So, and Jizz's babies. They yes. Were, oh, they were so key. They yes. were so key. The babies were so key to healing because... You needed to be able to actually good energy, useful yes. energy, yes, happy energy, yes. Happy kids are happy. They, they absolutely. I've, I've heard that too, especially when you're depressed. Like having babies around you is it help, needed. Yeah, it, it helps you having a pet, like yeah. that kind of bubbly kind of yes. energy. Mm-hmm. My niece Amia, she would come to me and she would actually stand at my in front of the bed and she liked um, hickory dickory dock. 
So we do hickory dickory dock, the mouse around the clock, and she'd run up my bed and hug and kiss me. Uh -huh. And that was so needed. I so needed that at that moment. So yeah, that she was key to my healing. So I thank you. I would say this to you, that it was important for me to separate myself from everyone. Elevation requires separation. Yes, because everyone else was feeding their fear into my spirit. Projecting onto you. It didn't serve me well. So I did not answer phone calls. If you weren't in a space where you understood what my journey and my path was, I stopped answering calls. And I didn't want to hear anybody else's cancer story and who died. That is so critically important. People have a way of when they hear about you having a diagnosis of cancer, they want to tell you about their family members who passed on. Someone who was coming through this, and I'm very passionate about this particular part, someone coming through cancer does not need to hear about anyone who passed on from cancer. I'm going to put that on a bullhorn because too many people project their own fears, somebody else's issue, onto your particular story that has nothing to do with you. Absolutely. Greer, were you alone? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. Um, I'm grateful for my family team. And as the song says, family isn't always blood, but... In addition to my blood, I had a team of family support that sung to my spirit. They held prayer sessions with me. They fasted with me and for me. Um, it was a long period, but I had people in all corners of the world praying with and fasting for me. I had a relative that had cancer, and I know it's tough for the patient going through and living through mm -hmm. that ordeal. But it's also difficult on the family when they feel helpless, mm -hmm. that they can't help you or ease your pain or even understand what you're going through to be able to really fully empathize, mm -hmm. right? Absolutely. How has your situation affected your marriage, your family life, and just your life in general? I think it was a strength for mine. Um, while it is that it was a breakdown, it was also a buildup of um, that unity. You know, and I think a lot of people, when they're coming through this, they tend not to have a lot of that. I'm grateful that I did. Um, my mom, I'm grateful. My sister, my aunts, I'm grateful. Um, adopted aunts, adopted mothers, I'm grateful. My husband, I'm grateful. I think I saw the greatest strength in him at that time. Um, it was important. I'll say this, it is very important when you're on a journey like this to forgive to empty your spirit of anything that has hurt you. Because that's part of what cancer is, the eating up of oneself from the inside out. So it's not just nutrition. It's environmental, as you said previously, but it's also life trauma. 
life trauma plays such a huge role in what cancer looks like for you. Pancreatic cancer is relatively the dumping ground, right? Because your kidneys and your liver, they support each other, but they also dump right into the pancreas. So it's literally you feeling as though you're the dumping ground for whatever your life situations may have been. You've taken on so much, you know, and as women, we tend to take on everybody else's stuff. So for me, I, I would like to say that mine was a lot of that because I've been everybody else's mother, sister, support system. You know, you need me, I'm there. And you're thinking about you last. Uh, it's important <coughs> that you say that because we talk about this a lot on In My Head. Um, it's okay to be selfish. It's okay to put yourself first. In this moment, I just want to acknowledge you, Greer, for not just your strength, but your determination to live and thrive and survive. Um, I want to apologize for not being there for you, sis. Not needed. Not needed. We all have our own journeys and our own battles. And I remember at that time, you. I remember reading a post that you had um, in relationship to depression and um, and it was in the midst of my battle so I recognized that you were coming through your own and all I can do is send you positive energy from where I was and prayerfully you know you overstood too you know that there's no love lost between us ever you know I, I wish you well always and I knew that when the time was right, we would make things right. You know, um, I hold on to nothing from a bad space. I hold on to nothing with ill intent. I hold on to nothing that doesn't serve my higher purpose and my higher good. In my head. Woo! We can take this episode down another area and talk about the multi-trillion dollar industry that is pharmaceuticals. Mm. <laughs> um, but I want to highlight Dr. Sebi and maybe Queen Afua and mm. other holistic uh, doctors. And I mean, like everyone, you know, there's conspiracy theories out there about Dr. Sebi's death. Right. Right. Um, do you believe in his medical practices? Do you Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, it's just interesting how life comes full circle because as I stated, upon entering college, I was on the path to become a traditional doctor. And then I transitioned into holistic healing. And along the route of doing that, I got lost with everyday life and taking care of everybody else and forgot what my vision, my dream, my path was. was. So it's interesting that in becoming unwell at this particular state, Queen Afua has a uh, class that she's teaching that I'm now a part of to become what's called a sacred woman, uh, where you become your own um, advocate, you become your own doctor, for lack of a better word, 
or healer of the body, mind, and spirit. You um, are responsible for your own life. Absolutely. Absolutely. So I would never say to anyone, do not go to the doctor. It is important to know what you're dealing with. And get second and third and, and fourth get opinions. Second. Absolutely. Um, be an advocate. Don't For yourself. Sit down. We say this all the time. Yeah. Dr. Cindy said this recently. Absolutely. Like we say this a lot. And Absolutely. a lot of Caribbean people are afraid to speak up. Mm -hmm. They're afraid to ask questions because yes. a doctor might make them feel like they're stupid, like this doctor yes. tried to do to you yes. in a condescending kind of way. Absolutely. But you're paying them for their service. Don't get it twisted. Mm -hmm. And if you feel offended, you have the right to get up and leave. Absolutely. And we tend to say, well, you know, I don't know, you know. Um, well, they say I have this, eh, but, and, or even if it is, because I've seen, I know educated people who basically, another pet peeve of mine, we give all, all of our power to two professions, that's doctors and lawyers, without doing our own, our own research. research. Yes. And it is imperative that we do our own research and bring the questions to them. And if you still feel like you haven't gotten the right answers, ask somebody else. Ask someone else. But if you're silent, if you're still long with love within yourself, you recognize that there are things that you need to address. And you have to be willing to make those changes. The holistic path is not for anyone who is not willing to do the work themselves. Let me be clear about that. And also not for anyone who cannot trust their gut. You exactly. have to be able to be dependent on self and listen yes. to your inner voice yes. and trust that. Absolutely. Absolutely. Greer, how are you feeling? I am awesome. I'm awesome. And I say that with all sincerity of who I am, I stay true to self. And my, my quote to self is, no matter what it looks like, stand. I have a quick question for you. At what age were you diagnosed? 42. The risk of developing pancreatic cancer increases with age. Most people who develop pancreatic cancer are older than 45. In fact, 90% are older than 55 and 70% are older than 65. However, adults of any age can be diagnosed with pancreatic cancer. We're getting ready to wrap up, Greer. Um, How do you really feel about life right now, knowing that this is the path you've been called to walk and you're now very much responsible for the decisions that you make and you are keenly aware of what choices you're making and how you want to live your life? But knowing all these very grim stats, and I know you hate statistics, right? But knowing all these grim stats... If you were, if you were to die tomorrow, mm -hmm. what would you want your family to know now? That I love them with my whole self. And I did it my way. Um, oftentimes we allow fear to be the reason for making certain decisions versus what your spirit says. And for me, I did it my way. I chose the holistic path. 
I chose the natural path. I decided to become a plant-based eater. I decided to uh, remove toxic people. I, I decided what it is that was important enough for me to remove and to change in order for me to be here sitting today with you. Um, and I will say to anyone that while it is your, your health is important and what you put into your body is important, what you also put into your mind is important, how you receive people um, and how you deal with anger and pain that is being transferred onto you by other people. So live your best life now. Do the things that sing to your spirit. And I believe that there's no such thing as mistakes, but happenstance. And this happened to help me because I don't know that. I... Can I share a little bit more? Yeah. When I was first diagnosed, I put a very heavy burden on my BFF. At the height of my greatest pain, I called her in tears. I was literally at a place where I'm like, there's no way I'm living past this pain because on a scale of one to 10, my pain was like a 50. And I'm, I called her, I said, D, I need you to just listen. Don't say anything, just listen. Everything that I need you to do for me, I wrote it in a journal. You can find it in my room. I told her where to find it. I told her what I wanted. I told her how I wanted my funeral. I went through the stages of grief where fear took me to a place where I already died. And in that death, I said, I don't want anybody to wear black. I don't want you guys to grief. I want you guys to laugh. I want you to think about how crazy I am and the, th the funniest things that I've done. Do a roast on me. I want you guys to take my ashes. Don't cru I said, by no means do I want to be buried. I want my, my ashes to go up. You know those hot air balloons? And I told her exactly what I wanted and how I wanted it and how I envisioned my end in that way. And she was like, where are you going? I was like, I can't. There's no way. This pain, nobody can live past this kind of pain. There's no way. And in that very moment, after shedding what fear was, I heard within my spirit, did I tell you that you were dead? Hmm. And I sat and I looked around. I'm like, huh? And I heard it again. Did I tell you that you were dead? In that very moment, how I saw what I was coming through became very different. And I began to fight differently. Hmm. And it's important. That's why when you said, you know, it's important to listen to self. Because if we're still enough, we can hear and have an understanding of what we need to do because our purpose is oftentimes greater than self and it serves more than just what you're coming through and you have to be able to know what it is that 
your path is. So now, yeah. Walk me through your holistic treatment modalities that you've adopted for pancreatic cancer and tell me and tell us about the side effects and the risks and the downsides of, of this, you know, holistic type of treatment. The downsides is purely dealing with the pain naturally. Because the downside, you're not on any kind you're not of on, pain meds. You're not on any pain meds. You know, so the downside of this is just dealing with the raw pain of it and doubting if you're on the right path. That's the downside. Everything else was a plus. So, so walk us through those treatments. Like, how did you get a volleyball-sized tumor to shrink? So it went from being a volleyball to now being the size of a lemon. Um, on mornings, my routines were warm water with lemon. Um, I, I drank my teas. And I set my body up. I set my mind. I set my spirit up. I did yoga. I meditated. So I generally woke up before the rest of the world. I'm up at 5. I wake up at 5, thereabouts. And I just sit in stillness with myself and listen. Um, having had the lemon water with a little bit of cayenne pepper for me, you know, um, the teas... Then I would have a juice. My juice would be beets. It would be, you know, lemon. It would be uh, celery. Uh, you know, all of the greens went into my first intake. I actually didn't eat solid foods because it, my body was not in a position to, to deal with what that meant. So everything that I was taking was pretty much liquid. A liquid diet? Yeah. Um, For how long? Four and a half, six months, actually. Wow. It took four months before my body started reversing. So was it because of that liquid diet that your tumor started to shrink because there's no sort of food in your system? I'm, yes, I'm... it was that, um, along with just how I, how, I, how I dealt with everything mentally. So it was the combination, it was the balance of mental um, fortitude and the diet. I can see that. I, I think, again, I think a lot of times stress in itself creates dormant issues in our bodies to manifest especially diseases yes right yes. and that's why it's it's imperative that we have prayer yes as a daily uh habit of talking with your creator and mm -hmm. having meditative moments mm -hmm. throughout the day and i talk about breathing all yes. the time yes. how essential that is yes. but also Letting go of things you have no control of. That does not serve you. Yes. Letting go of hurt and pain. Mm -hmm. Learning how to overcome your trauma. Yes. Learning how to forgive yeah. and move on. Yes. Because if you do not, those things settle in your physical body. Yes. And manifest itself in illness, in tumors. Yes. And cancer itself. Absolutely. Um, having a great medical or holistic practitioner and or holistic practitioner is so important. My whole, my naturopathic doctor was able to track. People don't realize that your cells have memory. Did you know that? Mm -hmm. 
So he was able to track down. He asked me my age, and then he was able to tell me how many years ago, how many years, the month, the week, the week and the month, the day, and the time of day that cancer first knocked on my door. Wow. And it blew my mind because the experience came flooding That was back. a traumatic experience yes. that occurred at that time. Yes. Wow. And I was like, oh, my God. How did he know that? Wow. You know? And it was a sobering moment for me because that was the pathway that allowed it to basically, you know, hide in my body and now manifest into what it is. Tell us about uh, some initiatives that you're working on and let people know how they can get in contact with you because I'm sure there's someone listening that is going through exactly what you've been through and they want they want to reach out and ask, like, how did you manage to do that? Uh, I am currently working on a benefit um, coming up in November. Um, and it's geared towards stamping out hunger and dis-ease of the body at the root. Uh, so I'm asking folks to purchase. I know normally people do walks and whatnot for cancer and cancer research, but oftentimes, you know, and we want to be able to remember um, those that we've lost. So the universe put it in my spirit to plant trees, plant healing trees. Plant healing trees. I'm like, okay, how am I going to plant these healing trees? How am I going to get this done? Because I have this land that I'm going to plant these trees on. And I'm looking at the land like, okay, how am I going to till this land and get all this equipment and all the things that I need? Like, well, Spirit said, well, why don't you have a benefit? And I'm like, okay, so this benefit is geared towards stamping out hunger and disease at the root. And the trees that are being planted we're asking people to select from the trees of choice um, to be able to be a representation or a tribute to their family members that they may have lost. Um, those trees will be tagged with their family members' names, and it will be part of our family of trees where there's accountability um, toward feeding people who are unable to purchase food at retail value. We're going to price that below Especially retail. organic food. Organic food, absolutely. And everything is being grown organically 100%. Um, you know, people say organic and we don't really know what that means. But even in terms of how we treat the soil and how that is grown, no pesticides are being used um, to basically, you know, plant these trees. So these That's trees... a beautiful will, idea. Yeah, okay. thank you. So these trees will be living monument of what or a representation of your family member and it becomes a family legacy on our farm. So, oh. um, you know, anyone... So that's coming up in November. That's coming up in November, yes. Uh, how can someone contact you? Uh, they can actually call me for right now at 929-391-8764. That's 929-391-8764. I'm going to have Greer's telephone number and her email in the summary of this episode. Do spam she <laughs> and do call she with no nonsense, okay? <laughs> Matter of fact, like she's probably gonna need some sponsors for this event, yes. so I'm putting it out there. Like, seriously, we spend a lot of money on nonsensical things 
I, Jay Blessed, am asking you to, when I start to promote her, her event, that you definitely contribute. If you can show up, contribute. Come purchase a tree, plant it in your, your family's honor in their name. But seriously, plant your financial seeds in good ground. And I fully believe that Greer is fertile ground. Absolutely. You are thriving two years later. I'm so very proud of you. I thank you. Please send some love out to your family individually. Let them know. Well, you know, Jay, you're part of this family. Yeah, you know, bop, bop, you act bop, like, bop, you know, <laughs> you know when, when, when you did your shows in the early days, you know, we have been family forever they, and today. They don't know. Shout out to Courtney K. Williams. Shout Absolutely, out, shout Courtney. Shout out to Ito D. Absolutely, Ito D. <laughs> you know, so. Javi in the building. Family, li, 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 you know. Um, so we, you know, we have to understand that love, transcends all things and if in fact it is we operate from that space all is good all yes. is good yo shout out just a quick um <laughs> fyi so the first studio that i would record out of was i told studio which is Greer's husband yeah and <laughs> i you know, most people know me as some people know me as a voiceover talent, and I just used to be rocking all these mm, ads mm-hmm. in Brooklyn. And shout out to Ito D, Lava again, <laughs> <laughs> Lava TV HD. Shout yes. out to Ito D, definitely a legend in the Caribbean community, in New York, in Trinidad, throughout the islands. So yes. much love to him, but definitely, Greer, I am so proud of you. Yes, thank you, my love. Thank and you let me just also ask because. Uh, our venue seems to now be in limbo as of yesterday. So I may be shopping for a venue for my event now. That was solidified three months ago. Um, it's now telling me that we may be on shaky grounds. So I may be looking for a venue and... Um, a venue in Brooklyn? A venue in Brooklyn. Okay, so to accommodate how many people? At least 100 to 150 people. Got it. Yeah. All right, we're going to put that word out. Yeah, how about so, that? you know, <laughs> put it out there and it shall come. Greer, thank you so very much. I thank for you. For coming on In My Head and sharing your journey with us. We send you love, light, and healing energy and pray above all that you would live and live and live for years and years and years to come. Healthily. Thank you. Same one to you, my love. Thank you, dear. Peace and love. I'm not a doctor, and neither am I approving or disapproving of this method of care. But what I will state is that black people, especially Caribbean people, need to be very conscious of their diet, their stress levels, and their family medical history. I will always say go to your doctor, but I will always suggest that you get a second and third and even fourth opinion. You have to be your own best advocate. And it's evident in Greer's case that she chose to be responsible for her own life, the way she felt best. Your approach may be different, but with all these alarming statistics, please be on top of your health and diet and please make sure that you are having your annual or biannual checkups women and men in my
In addition to its annual Cancer Facts and Figures report, the American Cancer Society releases cancer data specific to African Americans every three years. The cancer statistics for African Americans in 2019 reported that the incidence and death rates of pancreatic cancer remain higher among African Americans as compared to non-Hispanic whites. In fact, the pancreatic cancer incidence rate for African Americans is the highest of any racial or ethnic group, up to 67 percent higher, according to the National Cancer Institute's Surveillance, Epidemiology, and End Results Program. This increased incident rate defined as the number of people affected by a disease per 100,000 individuals, makes African-American heritage a standalone risk factor for developing pancreatic cancer. In my head. All right, so what's playing in my head? Well, I'm so inspired by Greer and her story. So shout out to Alicia Keys. This girl's on fire. Okay, I'm loving this, and I'm sending this out to Greer. Greer, we love you. We appreciate you. Much love. <laughs> Do you have a family member that is presently battling with cancer? Or are you presently battling with cancer? Use the hashtag HeadWithJB and let us know on social media. We want to be here to support you. And don't forget, all this information will be in this show's summary. Wow, this was a... This was a really informative and heavy one, but yet again, this is someone sharing their own personal story, and I'm so grateful that Greer chose to share her story on In My 